Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Elizabeth Best, Tom Harris, have been presenting, hosting Ghosts of Boyfriends Past for over two years now. Two years. And My gosh. that's quite a long time for us to go without, and I'm saying it's a good thing, we've been well, well behaved, we've been diligent, we've put our information, our knowledge, our expertise across a whole range of subjects. Yes. And we've done so well to leave penis size <laughs> into like two years into this. Into, other podcasts would have been weaker. Other yeah, lesser other podcasts, podcasts would have, have gone to penis size in, in the first week. We did right. not. No, we resisted. Now, Elizabeth, yes. there, there is a question <laughs> ambling along here somewhere. Okay, now, the, the, uh, the business line is when it comes to penis size. Okay. The business line and the, the ready line is it doesn't matter. Yes. It's how you use it. Yes. Etc. Elizabeth Best. Yes. Is this true? Or, well, for all or does, women, I cannot or does speak. penis size actually matter and we all need to freak out? I cannot speak for all humans. Right. I can only speak for myself. <laughs> sure. Mum, shut your ears. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like it matters, right? Right. I only feel like it matters if somebody is self-conscious about it, uh, whether that be I, I've been with people who are self-conscious that it is too large and right. that it is not large enough. Right. But I don't, I don't, the, the only time it's ever been a problem for me is when it's been so large that it hurt physically. Interesting. Um, but then we communicate and talk about it and <laughs> yes. figure out different ways to make that not hurt so much. Different positions, different, different angles that we can go in, more lube, you know, like I, I mean... There's, there are so many different ways to solve any problem that you have Ab- with this. Absolutely, but the yeah, does it does the old uh, the old wisdom wisdom hold true that it's not it's, it's size not the doesn't size matter. of the wave, it's the motion in the ocean. So like, we can carry that into the twenty first century. I think so. Yay. Like even people who who you know have you know, aren't as well endowed as others. Like if I think it's only ever a problem if they're so self-conscious about it that they can't connect with the act that they're doing Mm. at the time. Like if anybody's self-conscious about a particular part of their body, that's going to really hamper the kind of connection that you have when you're Mm. having sex, which is what's going to turn it into bad sex. So a bit of, I don't know, accept self-acceptance, right? I I mean, look, easier said than done. Like, holy shit, I I need a bit of self-acceptance and stuff like that. But I just think um, if it is something that you're self-conscious about, then have chats with people about how you can overcome that. Because honestly, as a, you know, I I have never looked at someone and gone, oh my God, his penis is really small or oh my God, his penis, you know. Good. Like, that's just not... Good to hear. That's just not something. And, you know, like even when it's been brought up Amongst my friends, I'm just kind of like, was the sex good? Like, mm. I don't care what size someone's appendage is. No one goes, how big were your tits? Like, I, <laughs> like, I mean, they might. <laughs> I'm not. A, I, oh, I don't. Elizabeth Best. <laughs> oh boy. Tom's <laughs> like, I've got news for you. I've Liz. got some, yeah, yeah, yeah. some bawdy conversation. Anyway, I just don't care. Like, it's just about it's about confidence. It's about um, self confidence, and it's about connection. Beautiful. And, yeah. So. Uh, and At mindfulness, ease. you know, because if you're thinking, if you're worried about your body, you can't be mindful while you're having sex, which means you're probably not going to get off. It's very true. So, at ease, everyone, everybody at home. Uh, We've done it. Uh, We've attacked penis size. No, not attacked. Uh, That's a bad word. Yes. <laughs> tackled. We've tackled don't tackle the penis. size. Never attack the penis. <laughs> I implore you. Uh, so it does. It's a. It's, so the 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 old line remains true. It's not. It's not. 
how big it is. It's how you use it. Yes. So figure out how to use it. Get yeah. get him working for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whew. And breathe. And breathe. Welcome and to Ghost of Boyfriend's Past, everybody. I'm Tom Harrison. That's Elizabeth Best, as you've already heard off the top. You join us for a main episode. Yes. Uh, with a guest, and um, as, as is seemingly the norm on this show, our guest is calling in via via Zoom. It's the way of the future these days. So our guest this week also has a podcast called Songwriter Trist. She's a singer. She's a songwriter. Her name is Ray Lee. Ray, thank you for joining mm, us. Come on down. Hey, how are you doing, guys? I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that conversation, really. <laughs> <laughs> What's your opinion? What's your opinion? I mean, it, I feel like it's kind of asking a guy, does it matter if her vagina is really tight or loose? Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I know people yeah. who would talk about that, though. Oh, like, God, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. I just it, don't. Yeah. Like, no one sits there and goes, like, no one goes, well, her labia were really long. Like, I I don't mm. know. Like, it, it just have the sex and deal with it. Like, Well, I think you should be, for me, I, I think, like you said, connection is the most important thing. If you don't have a connection with that person, why are you having sex with them? Yeah. And if, if yeah. you have a connection with them, you want to, connect intimately and sex is so much more than just penetration yes and if you go into the tantra sides of things of of sex and what that actually is that intimate connection with someone you don't necessarily have to use your appendages and if you really want you can get a sex toy you know, yeah. and, and use yes. that within your intimate practice so this is the thing um, communication yeah, and connection if you've got those down pat it doesn't matter what you're using you're everything gonna else figure gets out a way to get out. off yeah like, once you communicate once there's a connection everything else will eventually will basically fall yeah. into place and even if that connection is just physical you know what i mean like you don't have to be in love with someone or connected mm, in that way sure. but just connected in a here there's are chemistry. the things yeah here's the chemistry yeah. here are the things we're going to do to each other's body let's go yeah yeah. Absolutely. Spot on. So, there, uh, that's my opinion. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have also experienced the um, too big it hurts, though, and I actually just said it's not for me. That was a long time ago, but I always said, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that. So yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, sometimes me. that shit can be intimidating. You're like, whoa, what am I meant to do yeah, with that? Good Lord. <laughs> it's like a baguette. I don't <laughs> yeah. Like, I was young. I hadn't really had that much sex at all and this it was just like a disability I think I felt sorry for the guy but I was like there's yeah. no way that's going yeah. anywhere near me yeah <laughs> and I'm well, a tall girl you know so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not well, tiny by any means <laughs> there you go so uh, Ray uh, singer songwriter Liz mm -hmm. mentioned off the top there must be something for you to plug I'm sure Oh, gosh. Um, well, I mean, I, I do release and record my own music as an independent record label and publisher. So Fantastic. I do have an EP out and I've got a whole bunch of singles. I've got a single, which um, is my first award-winning song that I wrote. It was um, won an award to have a production and music video made. And that is coming out on the 3rd of December this year. It's called Just Like That. And it is pretty much just about female empowerment the story the song tells a story about a girl who hooks up with a guy at a bar has a one-night stand turns into a long-term relationship which is, turns out to be emotionally abusive and then she leaves so like it's it's a fun story it's an empowering female story um and i was really honored that um i won the competition and that they've put so much effort into it so i'm really looking forward to that coming out um and then i have multiple shows in december as well um with the songwriter trists having their first songwriter rounds showcase on the 4th of december in the gold coast uh, and then I'm also performing with my band at uh, a Logan showcase as well for original artists. So, And we can put yeah. all of the links to where you can find all of the information about that stuff in the show notes if you are interested. Congratulations, Ray. That's incredible. Many a finger and many a pie. No, but that's that a different sounds really That's sus. a different dating story. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you brought us uh, stories today, Ray, uh, uh, one can assume. But before we jump into the deep end of storytelling... Uh, uh, we got rules. Rule, rules must be covered. Um, mm, okay. Not just for you, for everybody. Don't worry. We don't. We didn't see your lovely face pop up on the screen and go, oh, okay, this no threats. No threats. Uh, <laughs> so please, no no threats on microphone if you can help it. And also, a big one is an alias. Uh, if you're talking about other people with, with real names and real places, coming up with an alias with them and not too similar to the real name is a Yeah, hot I made tip. that mistake. You'll slip up all the time if it's too close to the real name. <laughs> this is hard. All right, I'm going to write this down. Yeah, yeah. And look, the other rule is mostly for other people at home is that if you figure out who Ray's talking about, um, don't be a dick. We don't 
we don't support doxing and no. we we just like don't ruin it for everybody else because someone's coming here to tell us a story out of the goodness of their own heart and to help everybody learn something. So there's no need to to spoil it for the rest of us. So uh, uh, I don't know how you're going with crafting an alias over there. Um, if you need help, I, I'm sure we can come I'm just, up with one. I've just made a note so that I am... Um, when I'm talking about someone, I know which person I've named them. So. Yes, good, 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 good. Yeah. But that, that's um, that's my headmaster talk out of the way, rules and regulations scene too. Um, okay. Everyone's sitting quietly on the floor cross-legged at home. So um, over to over to you with um, with your story, right? Yeah, so situate okay. us. Where, where are we starting? Where does this all begin? Well, my dating life, I went to University of La Trobe. I studied biomedical science, as you do before you become an artist. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> so my dating life would have to start there. And I actually, um, from other podcasts and if people know me, I actually have a serious uh, history of child sexual abuse. So I avoided all men, like, on purpose. I had a lot of rules around standards. I played too hard to get um, anything to kind of just avoid having a relationship. So I really only actually had three proper boyfriends now I say proper boyfriends this is relationships that long lasted longer than three months mm. so I'd say went on a few more more than just a few dates um and I actually heard someone tell me once and I think it was on one of my podcasts they said you need to have three boyfriends the first one is to break your heart mm. the second one is to learn what you don't like mm. and the third one you marry um, and that's exactly what I did. I, I had the first one, which I thought was, you know, the fantasy and um, it really did break my heart and I was distraught afterwards. And then I had another boyfriend, which was my first, I would say, adult relationship mm-hmm. where I definitely learned a lot about what I don't want in a relationship. Um, and the third one I married. So I have written down an alias for him, but I don't think I need to necessarily <laughs> use an alias for him. Because it's up to you on this one, yeah. Everyone knows I've, who my um, husband is. I've, I've run out of men, guys. I've dated more than three guys and I didn't marry them. I forgot I forgot to do that bit. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe you're still learning what you don't want. Yeah. Oh, look, I know what I don't want now. It's just that I can't find anyone who doesn't have what I don't want. <laughs> maybe you need to marry yourself. I've heard of someone in the Gold Coast marrying themselves. I'm I'm yeah. like I uh, people who listen to the podcast regularly know that I'm single by choice purely because I enjoy my own company and I treat myself better than a lot of other people <laughs> I've dated. Honestly, I loved being single. Um yeah. I I was never I never wanted to get married. I never wanted to have kids. I you know, I had a pretty horrific childhood. I was a middle child. Um, and I just didn't see the benefit for me in having children, getting married and having the whole white picket fence thing. I say that as I'm sitting here in my own home with three children and a husband <laughs> in the other room. So like, <laughs> often you don't get what you want, you get what you need. Yes. Um, but I definitely encourage and and I tell my friends this as advice is always have a couple of years, especially as a young adult just on your own because you have to learn to love yourself and you've got to learn to love your own company like you said and I I've just seen so many people since high school all the way to now I'm 33 that they don't they, they jump from relationship to relationship and then they change it's like oh this guy I really like him he's into gardening I'm like you've never gardened in your life like no I love gardening and they change the, what they like to eat and like everything about who they are changes to adapt to this person they think is perfect and um, it probably brings up a lot of insecurities and stuff, but from my opinion and what I've witnessed about other people as well as um, my own thing, it's like really knowing who you are and knowing, having the confidence that you are okay being single. When If you go into a relationship knowing that if, you, if, if they leave you, you're still going to be okay, it gives you a confidence that you're never going to be able to get anywhere else because if you've never been single and known that you're okay single and enjoy your own company, um, you're going to be a lot more clingy and be in a, a bit of fear of that person leaving do you know what I mean yep. I as someone who was never I wasn't single until I was 32 I went back to back relationships yeah. till 32 and I've been single since then but yeah I know exactly what you mean because I was so terrified for so many years that I couldn't be alone and you know what mm. I bloody love it being alone mm. is great <laughs> don't get me wrong I struggle to be alone sometimes as well but yeah yeah <laughs> with my thoughts they're evil um but I keep busy yes doing doing stuff that I love and being passionate about the things that I love so 
Yeah, and everyone struggles to be alone sometimes. Anyway, so, so we don't need a <laughs> we don't need an alias for hubby. Hubby can have a, sh- know, a yeah. shout out. He can be named. Yeah, he's Rob, my Rob. husband Robert. And funny story is that's the same name as my dad. And he, I really did marry my dad. It's really weird. Um, I married a younger, smarter version of my father. Uh, <laughs> you sounded you sound you, you sound at peace with it rather than con- yeah, like any major conflicts. That's, cool. that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so I won't use an alias for him because anyone who you look at anywhere online. Um, his his yes. stamp is there because he's my manager, my husband manager. <laughs> I think you're allowed to name your your current husband as well on, on air. It's probably, <laughs> yeah, allowed, probably allowed. He gets lots of praise. Okay, so um, my first real boyfriend, let's go back to number one. Yeah. Um, I was living in country Victoria and I'd been to this youth camp and I met this guy, I'm going to call him Tristan, and Tristan... Um, when we first met, when I was younger, because I was really tall, people always assumed that I was older. And when I would tell them how old I really was, they'd always be like, oh, no, you're not. You're a liar, blah, blah, blah. And so I kind of started lying about my age so that people wouldn't call me a liar. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I wouldn't say I was 12 or 14. I'd be like, oh, I'm 18. You know, just because I was already really tall and that way it just – I didn't have to defend my age. I was like, yeah. I'm a teenager. Why would I lie about my age at 12? Like, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I met Tristan and um, I told him that I was 18 and he was 18. I was really only 14, but I just told him I was 18. And cause we got on really well and it was great, but he like, he fell hard in love at this Christian youth camp. And I was a daughter of a pastor's kid, um, daughter of a pastor. Mm. Yeah. So I was a pastor's kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was like the environment I grew up, if you know, the church life, it's very isolated. There's a very one-way belief, you know, no sex before marriage. Everyone gets married at 18, you know, because they just all want to bang. Mm. And it's, it's kind of sad. I've watched so many people get married at 18, divorced by 21, then remarried at 27, you know, and like sometimes kids are involved and that's even worse. Um, there's a whole nother story around the Christian teachings, but that's what I grew up in. So, Mm. you know, Tristan was totally like, um, in love and after the you know we left we speak we became friends i think facebook was around then it might have been like myspace or this is how old i was at the time (laughs) myspace Um, msn messenger Mm. (laughs) yeah i can't remember what it was but we kind of stayed in touch but he just got his license so he was up for big drives i lived four hours out of melbourne he lived in melbourne and he would come down on his weekends or just randomly drive four hours to the country to my home to to catch up with me and it actually took him a really long time to convince me to date him, even after I told him no and I told him my actual age as mm-hmm. well, yeah, <laughs> which, right. you know, shocked him a little bit. Um, <laughs> but so that was kind of my first relationship. And he, you know, his dad was a property developer and they had a lot of money. So when I moved um, to Melbourne, I went to university and I kind of actually became like an adopted child in his family and we spent Christmas together. And so we, dated on and off for at least two years so maybe I was 16 since my age is going but yeah so there was an age difference um but yeah so he I mean he was big into fitness and things like that but he needed like he's a really full-on entrepreneur millionaire by 25 started his own cleaning business he was colorblind and somehow like convinced a doctor to sign off on him being able to get his pilot's license you know like he just was a very resourceful person you know he never took no for an answer um, and so really what he needed, like we were really good friends, but what he needed as a partner was like a housewife who yes. was going to have his assistant. babies. He needed yeah, an assistant. That's, that's right. <laughs> Whereas at this stage, you know, I'm starting my career. I was going to be a doctor. I was going to cure cancer and I was going to become a rock star. This was my it's a lot to And it's quite the shopping list to get through. <laughs> doctor, rock star, yes, yeah. cure cancer. And I was never going to get married or have kids. So like there were some real barriers. And this was one of the reasons I told him no for so long. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's not going to work. I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. I've got a lot of things to achieve in my life because I'm very ambitious. And so was he. And I think that was where our connection was, is we both were very ambitious people. And we both worked really hard and like loved to problem solve. So in that way, we were really similar, but we weren't compatible as a relationship. But he, like I've said, he's not the type of person to know for an answer. Mm. Um, so he pursued me pretty hard until I literally, I just said yes to um, get him to shut up really. Um, and, and we did. So I learned a lot from him. He spoiled me. It was one of those relationships where I became friends with all his friends. I started going to his church when I went to Melbourne um, and I made friends with all of those connections 
and so I became very isolated and I didn't actually have any of my own connections. He didn't like my friends that I'd had from high school that moved to Melbourne. Um, so, you know, he didn't really let me go out. He was very controlling. Actually talking about it now makes me realize how lucky I am that nothing else actually happened. Yeah. Uh, there was one time where, so I had actually lost my virginity to a bet in high school. Um, yeah, I was oh, a of a target and one of the, the boys, the cool boys at school had kind of bet one guy 20 bucks that he couldn't. And anyway, so that's kind of like a sad story about that. Oh, I mean, I'm talking awful. about. I'm so sorry. Well, yeah, that's okay. I mean, God, my opportunity as a child was taken anyway. Yeah, $20 at the time is not much. But um, so like, anyway, I had to tell him about that. And being a Christian, the whole idea of, you know, virginity and it's really important. So that was pretty intense for him. And again, I told him about it. Probably, I think at the time, subconsciously hoping that that, he, that would just get rid of him. Um, mm-hmm. But it didn't. He was like, oh, I'm going to stick by you anyway and blah, blah, blah. So we stayed together. And then within the two years, we actually, I actually ended up taking his virginity. Right. <laughs> um, which was interesting. And obviously a non-event, if anyone's, you know, had you remember those first moments of virginity. Mm-hmm. I think he would have been like 20. Um, and like I was 19 when I lost mine. So like, you know, I feel like that's actually quite late. The more and more I talk to people, um, I waited a long time. I actually didn't have sex for another three years um, outside of so that, the, the bet one, mm. there was the child, there was the childhood abuse. There was the bet. Then there was the boyfriend. Um, and then obviously nothing, ha- nothing happened. Um, but it eventually got to the point where I needed to separate from him and he actually dumped me. And I don't think I would have been able to have dumped, like left the relationship because I was so ingrained in his world with the church and with his friends and his family, like his parents just absolutely did so much for me. Um, that it, it, I just became so super comfortable. So when he broke up with me, it was devastating. Like he really broke my heart, especially because he had ingrained in me that like, you know, God told me that we're going to get married and this is our life, you know, oh, and it had this full like prophetic. Yeah. And so it almost convinced me that this was meant to be, this is what God wanted. It's a lot of, pre- it's a lot of pressure to have the Lord on yeah. your case. God oh. told me it's, it's happening. A, yeah. It's one thing to have your parents nagging you, but if, if it's the good <laughs> Lord above, you know, who's, 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 uh, who's demanding, who's demanding and dictating, it's a lot of, a lot of pressure. Yeah. I've had a lot of um, misuse of the Bible over, over my lifetime. That's hmm. for sure. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was hard. And then when, when we broke up and he, he left me and like, there were moments like we broke up. I had about a year where I just got really into my fitness, got really into cooking, started to like get to know myself as an independent young adult at university. Um, and there was one point where like, I seriously was at the peak of my fitness. Like I was, I was doing modeling competitions. I was a Miss World finalist and he ran into me at the gym and got really upset that I was looking so hot. And we ended up dating again for six months. And that was, that wasn't lesson number two was don't go back. <laughs> only go forward. Yeah, only go forward. Um, I love the way that you put yeah. that. He was really upset at how good I was looking. Like, go to date yeah. her because she's yeah. too good looking. I can't just let this go. I think we'd seen with the gym and all his mates were like ogling me. Right. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so there was this like possession. Yes. I mean, yeah. yeah. Did, they, I think, did they bet him to date you again? Like, I don't know. I oh don't my think God, so. I think it was more people. about possession. Yeah. Like, and I, I think as well like that was something I learned from him and the next boyfriend was that I as a young adult being a a pretty young white girl I got treated like a possession a lot Mm. and I don't know if anyone else can relate to that but um it took me a long time to realize what was going on it's like guys have to own you and like possess you and you have to be theirs and like no one else can touch you and they're proud of you you know like they wear you like an accessory trophy girl um which especially because of my abuse, I've never considered myself pretty. I I don't have that identity in me. I also had really attractive friends in high school, so I didn't get the attention until I went to university. Um, And I was away from these other really attractive people. Mm. I was separated from the the lot. And so I, I didn't see myself as that way. So I wouldn't, I couldn't even consider anyone would date me for the way I looked. (laughs) Mm. Um, So, so yeah, so that kind of ended eventually. And um it was devastating. I, I cried for days on end. I rocked up at his house one time in the middle of the night and he kind of, he did, he was comforting and he just said, you know, you've just got to decide who you want to be and wake up tomorrow and just be that. And 
I listened to him and I said to myself, I want to be happy. And so the next morning I woke up and I decided I'm just going to be happy. And I was, and I went on a road trip and I started doing all my fitness and everything again. And, um, I just got back into the stuff that I love and I definitely had a lot of fun. And I was telling on another podcast that in university, having absolutely no money, um, I did have a rule around not saying no to a date opportunity because it was still the times when guys would buy you dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, it was kind of the only time I ate anything outside of cheese toasties or dim sims or, you know, something really <laughs> cheap and nasty for dinner. So, you know, I did go on a lot of dates and, um, I eventually was at a friend's 21st birthday party and I met boyfriend number two. I want to call him Damien. Um, And Damien, he was a real smooth talker. And I told him, and I was being cheeky when I met him, but I remember telling him that I was perfect. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm perfect. Uh, you don't need to look any further. (laughs) Um, And I had no real intention of like dating the guy. And we actually kind of casually hooked up like, um, for for quite a while like we'd meet up and go out and like dates and hang out but we yeah, weren't sure. like officially a thing for quite a while um and I'd kind of talked to him about it but for him it was not something he was interested in doing I was like that's cool and so then I ended up going on a trip to the Gold Coast from Melbourne with my girlfriends um had a random hookup up there um from someone who knew me from the modeling world and when I got back that made him really jealous and um, and so then it became official and we started dating officially. Something mm. like um, jealousy to kickstart yes, a good relationship. Yes, <laughs> right? That's probably a good lesson. Don't don't let that be the, the beginning of a relationship. Mm. Um, so, like, again, he was a real encouraging and supportive person for me. But, like, when I, at this stage, I'm really into my personal training and my fitness. Um, I'm, I'm really into being creative and getting out there and networking, meeting people and just trying new things as an experience. I had a, one of my news resolutions around this time was to say yes to everything as long as it was healthy. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't doing drugs or anything. I was like going to rock concerts and festivals and just anything that I had never done before or food I hadn't tried before. I just wanted to try stuff because I'd come from this really limited small country town. I didn't even know the difference between like Thai food and Indian food, you know, like mm. I was yeah. really naive and I just wanted to absorb the world and culture and Melbourne was a great place to do that. Um, and so here this guy comes along and he was really sweet, really encouraging and nurturing. Um, and he, in public treated me, um, like the most important person in the world, you know, like he would just give me those eyes and the touch and just made me feel like the most beautiful, amazing woman in the entire room. Mm. Um, but he wasn't into fitness and he ate a lot of junk food and he lived with his mum, and he was very messy and he was really into World of Warcraft. Oh. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I so, laugh because I had an ex who was very similar on yeah. all counts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so it was interesting moving from like dating this guy and then it becoming official. Um, to, and then he was a lot older than me as well. Not, ov- not old enough, but um, – I think I would have been like, I was 21. He was like 27, 28. So there's a bit of an age gap. And I, I was really over guys my own age because they're quite immature. And we started dating and I got to know his friends and his friends were all very different to him. A lot of them were like really well off, had their own businesses, really entrepreneurial. And he spent a lot of his time spending money to fit in with that crowd. Um, mm. Hence why living at home kind of worked because he could buy the clothes and do the stuff with his full-time salary um, he didn't have rent to pay and he could go out and party with these guys. And it was big on the um, sort of appearance side of things. But then when we were at home, I did a lot to sort of help him out around the house. I remember like literally cutting his mum's lawn and like cleaning her house. And like, <laughs> I, I just did so much because I felt sad for her. She had two grown sons, him and his older brother, both living at home. Good Lord. Um, and it was it was messy and you know that they really didn't help out around the house which was really sad um there needs to be a rule like it's fine i I don't look down on people for living with their parents because who can afford houses these days but if you live there contribute contribute yeah i don't really i mean yeah they were um of a different culture they weren't Mm. australian um but yeah like i i just yeah anyway so i remember doing a lot and when we were at home at his place and i'd hang around um, yeah, he he would just play World of Warcraft. And it got to a point where, like, I literally could be walking around naked in his room and he'd completely ignore me. 
and it just got to the, but but when we were out he still treated me really really nicely when we were around his mates I was you know his princess um and that was where I think I started to realize like this guy doesn't actually care about me he cares about how I make him look mm. yeah there's yep. a massive disconnect there yep. it's huge yeah so that was um that was that relationship and we ended up taking a few breaks and it was and again like I actually really struggled to say to like break up with someone I'm a really loyal person like I was one of those people that if I'm your friend we're friends for life and if you need me at 3 a.m in the morning I'll be there you know um and same with like relationships I think because my parents they're Christian they've had a really rough life but they've always stuck together and I admire that how they just work through absolutely everything together I just had that mentality of that's what you do in a relationship and I took that into dating when I really maybe shouldn't have Mm -hmm. been so loyal so like we had a break, I, you know, I did date a few other people. Um, for some reason I always ended up with footballers in Melbourne. I think that's just <laughs> what you do. Good old AFL. Yeah. Great to look at outside of that. Um, I don't know much about it, but um, I ended up going back to him, but I actually had already kind of moved on, but I just didn't know how to say no. And um, he actually then started going to the gym and working out. And we, we kind of, I think he noticed that I was separating from him and I was moving away and once we officially broke up, he was at my gym at 6 a.m. in the morning, exactly when he knew I always went. And he got really, really fit and super strong. But like, and we'd hang out and we sometimes had dinner after the gym as friends. But like, he never did any of that while we were dating. He never exercised. He never, you know what I mean? Like he fully changed after. Right. any effort yeah. once there's a goal to be met or, mm. you know, like it, it, it'll get you somewhere. Yeah, and so that was kind of challenging. Um, and there was like there was definitely a beautiful connection. Like I, there was some serious chemistry there, and that's probably what I was holding on to as well. It was my first adult relationship where I was actually having sex with the person, you know. And so that was um, that was a big difference for me. Yeah. Whereas previously it was like, no, we've got to wait until marriage, you know. And we'd even had those debates, you know, because there were a few times when I was with him, I was like. I don't know if I should be having sex with you. Like this is not normal from where I come from. Um, and that was a real big issue at the start of the relationship. Um, but yeah, so, so Damien completely changed. Um, he ended up moving out of home and all this stuff, but I actually, um, at, by this stage, I was like, I'd given up on men. I, I actually was emotionally unavailable when I wanted to be single. Um, and I really enjoyed being single in and out of him kind of being around, but I was actually enjoying being, I was living in Melbourne CBD with one of my besties from high school. She's a super hot, gorgeous half Portuguese girl mm. um, who was working in real estate. I was working with a corporate company. We both had money living in the city. We'd go out every Thursday night, ladies night cocktails. You know, we just, we had a lot of fun together. Um, and I actually, I was doing modeling and I was, you know, running a personal training business and doing massage as well. And I ended up meeting, um, I did a lot of uh, like Melbourne Cup race work and I also did a lot of race car grid girl work. They don't do that anymore, but Mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, And so I actually met my husband through doing that. I I was, um, he was, his best friend was a race car driver and he did all the marketing and promotion and website development and photography for him. He toured with him from the UK and his mate had gone home, but he stayed in Australia and, um, and got work here. And he was friends with some other girls that I'd met through the race course scene. And so I'd put up on Facebook that I needed help with websites and and getting some stuff developed. Um, And then that's how we actually kind of met through my friend recommending her through Facebook. So this is just before Tinder came out. (laughs) Um, So we kind of met online, but through like a friend, mutual friend recommendation. Mm. And he was, he's eight years older than I am. I was still 21, 22 and he had these big glasses on and he was older and he wanted to meet up so I could, he could build me a website. And I was like still in that whole, you don't meet up with old strange men from the internet. Yeah. Like, yes, <laughs> you very much did not. Over, overall, it's wise wisdom. Now you, know. you order them to your door <laughs> yeah, with your right. phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> so I, I got my friend from uni is this huge black African-American guy who I thought was the biggest, scariest looking guy I could imagine. And I invited him (laughs) along to this meeting to meet this beautiful um, British white guy who (laughs) 
um, rocked up and, and we had this meeting and I quickly realised I had nothing to worry about. But so um, like that this just seems like you turned up with a bodyguard. Like yeah. what did he <laughs> think? <laughs> I rocked like up that. with a bodyguard. Well, he was kind of – we were business partners in a, a website venture that we were working on. So it was kind of relevant yeah, that he came yeah. along. Yeah. Um, but then we met up in the future one-on-one to have business meetings. Um <laughs> But he was actually really cool. So he he's told me now, um, later down the track after things progressed, he told me that he was big into like he was at the strippers every night, like dealing poker and hanging out with the guys and all his ex-girlfriends were strippers. And like he just, he hadn't really, he was, he was living the party lifestyle and he was 30 years old and his dad had had him at 31 and um, he wanted to like settle down. And he told me that it was the day that he decided to settle down. It was the very next day was when he met me. Oh, wow. like ooh, wow. creepy, sneaky, sneaky so, universe. <laughs> so he's like, you know, like the first girl that rocks up that uh, looks <laughs> like right. Like, let's she go. Looks good. She'll do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we started like working together and becoming friends. Um, but it, I was like, I'm emotionally unavailable. Um, I'm not into you and. By the way, the previous two boyfriends I'd been with were both dark-skinned. I was not into white guys at all, um, especially Australian males. I think mostly because of my history, but um, that was just how I identified at the time of who I was into. Mm. And so he was really patient with me. Like we we hung out as friends and we worked together and we did a lot of fun stuff together without actually dating. Um, he would say that we were dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say <laughs> that we we hung out as friends. Um, and we actually had that debate for quite a while and um, it got to the point where I was not talking with my parents at the time for some reason um, to do with the, the abuse when I was a kid mm. and he was um, in Australia from the UK with no one else around so we got to Christmas this is the first Christmas I wasn't going to be going home for Christmas and so I was a bit sad and he was a bit of my white night uh, night and white shine, what do you call it white night, night and, or night white in shining night. armor Night and shining, that's what I'm saying. Here's my white knight, knight, knight in shining armor. And he has a bit of white knight syndrome. And I was definitely in a space where I needed a savior. And so he took me on this big road trip and we drove all the way from Melbourne, all along the coast, all the little beachy towns, mm. all the way up to Noosa for a boxing day party that he had a friend up there. And then we came all the way back down. That's so um, romantic. And for foreign readers, uh, driving essentially from Melbourne up all the way to the east coast of Australia to just uh, just south of Brisbane and then all Brisbane on the coast and then all the way back down. Yeah, so mm. like if, you, if you're looking on a map, it's just like from the very bottom of the right-hand side to like two-thirds of the way up the top. Yeah, good old good old whack of there this, of this yeah. f- uh, wide brown land. Yeah, so we did it over about two weeks of, you know, time off work and, mm. um, yeah, and, and we really got to know each other and we, like, we played with each other and flirted and teased and it was just so much fun but we were having like an intimate relationship by this stage um mind you we held hands for like two weeks before we had our first kiss you know <laughs> it's cute um but then by the time we had our first kiss um we were pretty much in each other's lives every day and before that with every other relationship it was like um if i saw you more than once or twice a week you're being too clingy you know, like it was right. too much. Yeah. Whereas with him, all of a sudden it was like, you know, when people say, you know, when you know, you know, you know I yeah. used to hate that. I hated that. When people <laughs> told me that I was like, oh, that's disgusting. Um, but then it happened to me and, I, now, and now I get it. And that's one of those things I think you just don't get it until you get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with him, it just felt so natural. It just went from either being at your place or my place. And like, we just melted into each other's lives and I know, I, know, I know that you guys were talking about penis size, so I know this is okay to talk um, about. Yeah. I mean, yes, he 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 was like the perfect fit for me. And the first time, uh, the first time, it was like a puzzle piece. Like a glove. The, I love it. <laughs> like a glove. But the first time we ever had sex, I swear there were actual sparks and I like <laughs> transcended. And it was the first time I'd ever had an like internal orgasm during intercourse with there someone. There you go. That's connection. That's what I'm That's talking connection. about. <laughs> it's being Man. in the moment. It's mindfulness. I love it. Fantastic. So, yeah, that was a pretty incredible... And that's just when it happened. Like our souls became one. Um, and he's my soulmate and my best friend. Um, and so, yeah, we it took a long time. I convinced him that he had to actually ask me out. So we had an anniversary. So to him, we were dating for at least three or four months before that. Um, our official 
anniversary date is the 2nd of January because it took me that two-week road trip to get, convince him that he had to ask me out for it yes. to be official or exclusive. Yes. <laughs> not on paper um, yet, buddy. <laughs> it's, it's not on Facebook yet, no. so, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we became officially um, together on the 2nd of January. And one of my rules that I'd always had, um, and this is that I never wanted to date someone for more than two years. I don't know if you've met someone that has been dating, like dated someone for like five, seven years. And it's like, and at the end of it, it didn't work out. And they're like, oh, why did I waste so much time? Like, I did not want to do, I'm a very efficient person. Yeah. And so right. is my husband. <laughs> but I was like, if I don't know that I want to marry you within two years of being with you, I am never going to know. Like, that's, yeah. that's yeah. you know, I've said seasons. that to exes and been accused of giving them an ultimatum. And I'm like, I'm not <laughs> saying marry me or I'll leave. I'm saying, like, if I don't know, if you don't know that you want to be with me for good, you know, yeah. then... What are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? That's exactly right. Don't waste don't waste your life on people no. that don't appreciate you. Um, doesn't mean that like the shorter relationships aren't important and valued and bring something to your life. Yeah. But there is a difference between those moment connections and those forever connections. And the forever connections are fewer. Then you're not going to always meet people, and some people never meet people that are forever connections, and yep. that also okay that's perfectly fine your life will be whatever you choose it to be and it's um, um it's great that your driven your personality type is like that and your husband is is, is the same so you met you sort of uh, you complement you know your needs complement each other <laughs> your wants complement each other um absolutely and then yeah. to present day you're like huh i got me a husband and some kids this is pretty good <laughs> it's nice yeah so after we started dating um Within a few months, we actually fell pregnant with our first child. Oh, it was very, very quick. Um, and I, being the kid of pastors, my dad wanted to backdate our marriage certificate so that my son wouldn't be a bastard. <laughs> sure. You know, there was a lot of pressure. I was the first out of a large family. Like, I've got 56 cousins. They're all Ooh. married with kids. You know, I'm the only one to have had a child outside of wedlock. Mm. So wow. I'm the black sheep. Well, I'm and a bastard, <laughs> technically. My parents got married when I was two, so yeah. it doesn't affect people. That's right. <laughs> I did it some family matter. research, yeah. I did some family research. I actually found out that my dad's dad is a bastard because his parents never officially got married or there's no proof of them ever getting married yeah. officially. Yeah. Um, Shove which that I in thought was quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I try to be compassionate and graceful because I understand True. they come from a completely different era. Um, but I, I did tell them that there was no way I was marrying the guy just because I was pregnant. No, um, smart, smart, smart. Yeah. yeah, and we do live in a, a world of pro-choice. And so, like, every child these days was chosen, um, which is a strange thing to think about. You know, um, there's obviously the choice of abortion. And and so if you think of it in that sense, every single child that is alive today is alive by choice. Um, and mm. that's just a whole mind mess up. Um, but for me... I did definitely think about it initially. Um, I think just in the shock of being pregnant and not expecting to be. Um, but I also have an older sister who had been trying IVF for a very long time. Um, and that was my second choice was maybe I just give it to my sister. Mm. <laughs> um, but I actually found out that I was pregnant two days before we were going to Europe for his best friend's wedding. Um, and we'd bought tickets. We were going over together. I actually broke up with him um, while I was pregnant. I was hormonal and I was very depressed. That is... I now know the sign that I am pregnant is I get very hormonal and very depressed. Mm. Um, but I didn't know why I was so depressed. And so I actually sat him down and I said, look, we've only been together three months. I'm a mess and I have no idea what's going on with me. And I just didn't think it was fair for him to be in a relationship with someone who had no idea who the hell she was or mm. what was going on. Mm. And so I said, you know, it's not worth being in relationships with someone who doesn't know what's going on with their life. Like I was going to quit my job. I was going to go study a music de degree. I was going to change everything. I said, let's just go to the Europe trip and have some fun and we'll go as friends. And when we get back, you know, we'll, we'll go our own ways. And so two days before the Europe trip is when I actually found out I was pregnant. I was in the gym and some guy was like, are you pregnant? And I was like, they'd seen me around a lot and my boobs were looking bigger apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. Good to and know was, they were scrutinizing you know, in, your body that yep, much. You're welcome. <laughs> That's true. In the sauna. Yeah. That's exactly what you want after a workout. <laughs> You're pregnant. Um, I thought he was calling me fat. Anyway, I um, I went and did a pregnancy test the next day and started Google searching some of my symptoms. And I was like, son of a... So I found out I was pregnant um, on my work break at, at work. And um, 
the first person I told was the girl who was sitting next to me because she was pregnant at the time. Um, and she was super nice, but it was, it was freaky. And, um, and also when, when I told my husband, um, or my boyfriend at the time, he was over the moon. He was 31. He wanted a kid. He, mm. this is the life he wanted. Yep. He wanted the white picket mm. fence, the wife and the kids. Um, but I was distraught. Like I was, you've ruined my life. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I was 23 years old at this stage. I'd, I had the baby at 24, but I was 23 when I fell pregnant. I found out I was pregnant. And um, yeah, it was, it was really challenging for me and it was a real life changing moment, but the abortion wasn't really an option. Plus when I went to the UK, I met his family and even like I met his dad and his mum, his stepmom, who they got married while we were over there as well. Mm. And literally within the first 15 minutes of meeting them, they were like, so we're ready for grandkids. <laughs> and you're like, well, Great. I got news yeah. for you. Yeah. I was like, if I wasn't pregnant, that would have been really awkward. But, um, <laughs> but I was pregnant. And so like, they were all really kind. We were trying to hide it. I thought I was only three weeks pregnant. Turns out I was about nine weeks pregnant by the time yeah. we were there. Um, I just didn't know. Like I, all I'd done was a blood test and a, a positive but I was feeling that the nausea was kicking in and mm. lots of stuff. So we had to tell everyone over there because I, I was just a mess. It eventually came out. Um, but I also got to meet his amazing family and I thought, you know what, this guy is incredible. And if this is the family he comes from, like, I feel like I can trust him. Um, and it just, yeah, it just really all worked together. Mind you, I'd still broken up with this at this stage and he was pretty pissed that I'd broken up with him and that yeah. I could just, I could just do that to him. You know, there was mm. a lot of issues, but for me, it was like, once I found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh, well, now I know why I'm feeling this way. Whereas before not knowing why I was feeling that way was like really messy. So, um, so yeah, I, I found out I was pregnant. We had the baby. I, I said, I'm not going to marry you just because we're pregnant or having a baby. Um, mind you, we were looking at buying a house together because mm. we got on so well and we knew that we could be amicable in that side of things. But I said, if we could make it through the first year of having a baby, I know that we can make it through anything life throws at us. Because honestly, if you're not a parent, <laughs> that's probably, the, I don't know, if, I can't think of many things that's much harder than the first year of having a baby. First two years of having a kid um, is insanely difficult. So we he proposed to me when I was six months pregnant we had a year and a half engagement I'd always wanted a long engagement and uh, we got married exactly two years and one week after he'd asked me out Aww. and we had we had the baby exactly one year and one month after we held hands for the first time <laughs> Aww, so, that's really cute. you know family on uh, efficient steroids <laughs> we, we did it quick and I it's funny because I told him that I didn't want to marry someone within two years like, or, you know, I told him the whole two year rule. Mm. And later on, when I've got this baby, and I was like, I had the two year old. I didn't tell him anything about not having kids before I was married. <laughs> <laughs> I should, I, I've stuffed up with the rules on that side of things. But um, we, we had another baby um, right after we were married. We fell pregnant again. We had, so we have two babies within two years of each other. And then um, we moved to Queensland and then we fell pregnant with another baby. Um, each baby was born on a celebration night, uh, conceived on a celebration night. We've got two Valentine's Day babies and one Christmas party baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> Guy Sebastian definitely has something to answer for for that Christmas party baby, oh. but um, oh. not physically. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Like, has anyone told Jules? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I ended up and how I ended up where I am now. But, like, I didn't want children because, you know, when I was four, my mum had an unexpected fourth child, fifth child, and she went through a court case because she'd had her tubes tied. She wasn't supposed to be able to have any more children. Oh, wow. You Gee. know, and it was messy, and she got really severe postnatal depression. And I saw my mum going from fairly happy, fairly got it together person to just dying. Like her life was over, essentially. And she never really got a lot of help um, with it. And I think with the church and the way things are, it's like, if you're not happy, you don't have enough faith. It was like this yeah, weird belief right. that, um, that was that, there. Yeah, it's your fault or problem that you that you're feeling the way you were or you're at the level that you are yeah yeah I don't even know what a psychologist was like as a kid I just a psychologist was the devil like I mean that was just the, the way that mm. I was brought up and I don't mm. think anyone actually specifically said that it was just the way that it was presented like people with mental health issues just need Jesus yeah. you know <laughs> that was that oh, was boy. what I was taught I know right so messed up um so yeah I I really did think that I was going to die in childbirth, but having children, even though it's not what I wanted, it was exactly what I needed. 
um, because I had all that child sexual abuse, which really hadn't come out. I thought that was my shame that I was living with and having kids um, really changed my perspective on what it is to be a child. And that mm. when you are a child, you are blameless, you are innocent and you yes. are purely a, a reflection of the adults around you and how they show you what life is. Um, and so then I reported it to the police and it turned to this big court case, um, which was a successful trial and got a guilty verdict. And that person is now protected from children forever. And that was what we were wanting to do is just Amazing. make sure that good, good. Yeah, which you don't hear very often. A lot of these cases, mm. it's, it's he, he said, she said, um, really hard to actually prove less than 2% of these cases actually get to trial, let alone get a guilty verdict. So I am very grateful that things worked out well for me. But I also know that I had a husband who, and a man who stood by me when I became the absolute worst version. Like I was not the person that he met, you know, doing business with and being really entrepreneurial. I became a completely crushed human being, um, having to deal with all this dark stuff that came up. And um, and he really took the reins and supported me on that. And I was able to do that because I had someone there supporting me like that as well, you know. And it made me like, I think before him, I was trying to be really independent. Like I don't need a, my, a man. I don't need mm. anyone. I can do everything on my own. And I think there's a real tall poppy syndrome in Australia where like there is a sense of you have to be independent and do everything on your own. Mm. Um, and becoming so mentally ill, I was seriously mentally ill. I still pretty much am, but, <laughs> but like, you know, personal depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression and anxiety, severe depression, and anxiety. Like I was catatonic at moments after having babies. Um, it was really, really serious. And I can't believe the guy stuck with me through all of that. <laughs> um, and, and it was really hard for him to support me through all of that, but he, there were support places for him, support for me. Um, and that also made us stronger in a relationship as well. So and what, then, yeah. uh, what are some of the lessons that you've learned mm. going from relationships that didn't work out to one that is like the ideal, I don't mean to go back yeah. to your sex, the ideal fit, but actually <laughs> like the idea emotional fit mm. as well. So what, what are some of the things you've learned in your journey? Um, I've definitely learned that opposites attract. So mm. like the first boyfriend and I, we were really similar um, and that really, that worked on a friendship level but it did not work on a relationship level. Mm. And and so that was a really big lesson from that one. Um, even though my heart was absolutely broken because we were good mates, we just weren't meant to like be together mm. as a couple. Um, and then I think with the second relationship, I definitely learned how to not let people treat me. So I had to learn some value and, and coming from a, a child abuse background, self-worth and value was very very low and like it and it always has been for me it's something that is common amongst all people who have been through trauma your, your self-worth and value is really challenging mm. just being a female in general and having to be subject to the advertising that traumatizes us in the world that mm -hmm. tells us we're not good enough without their products that in general like was really really hard and i had to kind of fight against that in that second relationship um, and so I think that that was the biggest thing I had to learn. And I only became aware of it really by comparing what it was like. It was literally chalk and cheese. Like the way that he treated me in public around other people versus how he treated me at home was, and we weren't living together. We just spent a lot of time together. And it was, he, I was like a slave to him. He treated me like his mother. I mean, his mo the mother did the same thing. He just babied them. And maybe that's a part of her fault. Maybe she showed him that that's what women do. You know, I, I don't know. There, there'll always be a non-flow effect, but mm. um and I have like, and he, he, you know, he did move out of home. He did better his life after me. Actually, um, apparently he was a good luck charm because his previous three girlfriends all after they dated him met the love of their lives, got married. Ah. Kids. Ah, <laughs> fantastic. So this is the person I need to date. Yes. No. You find him <laughs> and then you find the one. Elizabeth, what did, uh, uh, over the course of a well-taught told story, like sort of a life lesson after life lesson sort of cropped up and popped up. What have you, what was your lessons learned for this week? If people, yeah, my biggest lesson is that if people, um, if people's behavior in front of the cameras, so to speak, and behind the scenes don't match up, then there's something wrong. Mm, interesting. Um, I've, I've, Absolutely. you know, I've dated people who are one way in public and a completely different way in private and it's really hard to find your self-worth then because when you try and tell anybody about it, they kind of don't believe you because they're yes. Mr. Charming out in public and yeah. it's just really it's hard to abuse. come back from. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like they're, they're gaslighting you about and everybody else about who they are. Like, yeah. you know, so 
it's like they almost lay this foundation so that it's impossible for anyone to believe you mm. if if anything major were to happen you know other than the emotional abuse like if that were to escalate um and i also really like um the when you were have talking about having him support you um the importance of being able to be there for someone when they are vulnerable and I think um, being in a relationship where you feel safe to express that vulnerability is incredibly yes, important. that's so important. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, like when, when trauma happens, like the, it can take a really long time before you share that with your partner, but it's always such a, you know, it, it might be difficult, but when you're with somebody um, that makes you feel comfortable and uh, to be that, that vulnerable and share those stories, then that's, that's probably a pretty great partnership to be in i i I agree liz and a couple little uh lessons from me to wrap us up uh to retouch on what ray already said uh similar but not compatible is an interesting Mm. like oh i don't understand Uh, me and her we we're so similar we have so much about the relationship yeah so you can be similar but not compatible so that's an interesting note to to take home everybody um yeah and Ray, in your storytelling, you said the phrase or something similar to deciding to be happy. Now, mm-hmm. and that's an interest, and I like that. And people, uh, anyone, in, anyone with mental health issues will will roll their eyes at that phrase because you know when you're, you know, I don't know you're you're depressed and your mum says, "Oh, come on, love, all you got to do is be happy." Like that, I'm mm. not talking about that. Negative. Not that type of decide to be happy, but decide to try. Yeah, I guess, um, what you want. My yeah. my application would be: once upon a time in a different past life, I was an angry person. I my default mood was just anger. I thought that's how I had to operate in the world. It was I had to fight mm. and struggle against it. See, mm. look at this. Look at the look at the <laughs> look at the effort I'm putting in. Everyone, give me a fucking break. But it's like, <laughs> no, you're just you're just choosing. You're just choosing to live like that not not yeah. actually so you, there is a there is something to be said about deciding to be happy or deciding to be peaceful or, or whatever it is deciding to let something go or, or deciding you know, to yeah. rate review and share ghosts of boyfriend's past i mean <laughs> bring that in uh, to this important moment oh, that we're you having. know it's it's all a choice it's all a decision um <laughs> but before we get on to uh Kissing the kissing the bottoms of our readers, uh, Ray. Thank you so much for coming on our show and for sharing. It's hard to do. Thank you. Uh, everyone has I've a gotten sto- used to it. <laughs> it's really <laughs> good, nice, good. you know. And it's strange that I'm the one saying this. It's nice to have a nice story with a nice outcome for once. Because normally Tom's Mister Hearts and Flowers on this podcast, and I'm normally like the Schadenfreude of watching everything fall apart. <laughs> so it's actually it's, it's. I feel I feel all nice and warm and fuzzy that 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 you're in a situation with somebody who you know, is is incredibly complimentary to you and you've, mm. you know, got what you need in your life. Oh, and look, so many people I know have looked at our and watched our relationship like on Facebook, you mm. know, and they've watched like, oh, they got, had had a baby within a year of knowing each other and then they got married and had two more and they've got this amazing life and everything looks so easy. It's like, I can do that. And we've actually had people who are like, they've fallen pregnant to a boyfriend of after three months. And mm. it's, I'm like, we are definitely the exception to the rule. I'm yeah. just going to say that. Like <laughs> yes. that is... It's not normal, and I'll tell you what, it has not been easy. It's been fucking hard, no. and we work, and we go to psychologists, and we go to couples therapy, and we talk, and we read books, and we go on date nights every other week. Yes, healthy. You know, we you work go. on our relationship, and if you are not both interested and invested in your relationship, it will fall apart. You cannot just get married or just have a kid and everything be fine. You have to work on your relationship, and if you don't, just forget it. Like it, relationships are hard. They're, yeah. they're not meant to be easy. But this is what fun. I you see you see on TV when people are just like, "This should be easy." If it's not easy, <sighs> we have to break up. I'm like, "You guys are idiots. Yeah, Nothing's easy. Up. You got to work. Like you got to choose someone every day and work to make that yeah. happen." Ray, we're gonna take that 45 second soundbite of yours, uh, wrapping up at the end there, and just play that <laughs> before every Ghost of Boyfriend's past episode. <laughs> you just gave a succinct, just no bullshit. Just here's how you're gonna. Here's what you do, and it, it takes work. Fantastic. Heed those smart words, uh, everybody listening at home. (sighs) 
Elizabeth. Taking a deep Truth. breath out. I think, yeah, but I think it's time to go. I mean, I do. the cool. light, the electricity bill's coming. and we've got to get <laughs> I've got a show, got a show in 30 minutes, all. guys. I've got to go. All right. <laughs> thank you so much yes, for, Ray, for thank being you for, a guest. Right. Thank guys, you for if sharing. you want to be a guest, you know where to find us. It'll be in the show notes this time. We're just going to love you and leave you. Yeah, Thanks again, right. Ray. Have and um, keep communicating, everyone. All right. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The ancient and esoteric order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold.